You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to Smart Sex, Smart Love. We're talking about sex goes beyond the taboos and talking about love goes beyond the honeymoon. I'm Dr. Joe Court. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Today, we're going to be talking about the taboo subject of pegging. For those who don't know, pegging is a sexual practice in which a woman performs anal sex on a man by penetrating his anus with a strap-on dildo. It's not a gay thing, but it's definitely a very touchy practice, especially in the straight male community who receive anal sex. It's often thought of as a homosexual act. However, this isn't true. Straight men often think that their masculinity will be in jeopardy if they think about anything gay at all, let alone a female fucking them with a rubber dick. But pegging is not a gay thing whatsoever. No matter how you take it apart and put it back together, it's still sex between a man and a woman. And my guest this week, Ruby Ryder, wants to normalize the concept of pegging and lessen that taboo around it by correcting misconceptions and providing accurate information. Ruby of PeggingParadise.com and Pegging101.com is a podcaster, blogger, sex educator, and a published writer of erotic fiction. She's been speaking and teaching about pegging for over eight years. Her erotica is in Violet, Violet Blue's Best Women's Erotica 2014, and she has also appeared in an episode of Comedy Central's Not Safe with Nikki Glaser. Welcome, Ruby. Hi, Joe. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm so glad to have you here because it's really an important topic and a taboo topic that people don't talk about. And I guess I'd like to start, if we could, with what brought you to decide you wanted to make this, educate the world about this? Well, I kind of fell into it. Uh, As I describe it, I've always been, ever since I became a sexual being, not having sex yet, but masturbating and aware of sex, I was always sort of anally obsessed, if you will. That was the thing that turned me on the most, was the thought of that. So I had access to Penthouse Letters Forum, which is just the letters. And I was reading that one day, and I came across a silly story about two couples. The women had labeled themselves football widows because their guys were always at the bar watching football games. And they came home, and the women had strap-ons on, and they had footballs on the ground and made them bend over and they fucked them with strap-ons. And I had no concept that this was even a possibility. And at the, I was 17 years old at that point, and that idea grabbed hold and just never let go. But what I didn't understand way back then was that not only was, did I want to do this, that it was a pleasurable thing for men to receive. They wanted to receive it as well. There were a lot of men out there that did. But that was kind of the Rubicon. You know, I crossed over it and I never went back. And I suppressed those ideas for decades. And I really advise everyone listening not to do what I did. And why <laughs> I you... labeled it bad and strange and different and all those things. Why? Why do you think you did that? Because of this box that society puts us in, because of the taboo nature of it. Uh, it flies in the face of so many things that society says we're supposed to be sexually. You know, me, the dominant person uh, doing the penetrating, the male being the more receptive and vulnerable one, all of those things. And just anal sex period was kind of taboo back then. Oh, yeah. Yep. So I didn't jump in with both feet until I turned 50. And I kind of, that was another crossing point where I 
thought, well, if not now, when? Yes. And that's when I put up my website. And a year later, I started my podcast and all of that began. And you have how many shows on pegging on your podcast? I just finished 255. <laughs> we laugh in here because we think how many epi- how much how much can you talk about pegging in 255 <laughs> episodes? But there must be a lot oh. to say. Well, you know, there's lots of lapovers, of course, crossover <laughs> things. Like, for example, this last podcast I did was all about cross-dressing. I think if I had to give myself a name, I would call myself like a shame buster because there's so much shame around sexuality. It's really sad. And, and as commonly happens, it's not just pegging. I get letters from people who do the pegging and they do uh, – sometimes they do some form of BDSM, dominance and submission – Sometimes they do cross-dressing, and all those things intersect. So what I began to see is that not only is there a ton of shame and embarrassment and misunderstandings, misconceptions around pegging, there's also a lot of that around the the crossover um, fetishes or kinks that people have. And absolutely, one of them is cross-dressing. And that truly can range all the way from full-on cross-dressing to try and walk down the street and pass with the wigs and the makeup and the whole thing to just a silky pair of panties that turns a guy on when mm-hmm. he gets pegged. Right. And I always tell people, because I get couples in, and the wife finds all this out, you know, comes up in the cloud, she sees him dressed in her makeup or clothes, and then she realizes maybe he's using a dildo or wants to be pegged, and she thinks it's all gay. And I try to help her understand that it's the men, and it's not even trans. Sometimes it could be, but really what it is is the man wants, the eroticism is feeling like a woman, being vulnerable and being submissive. Would you say that's true, what you see? Absolutely, I say that's true because, again, society doesn't let men be sub- uh, not submissive, be vulnerable. Yes. Be yeah. open up, be receptive. They tell them over and over and over again you need to be in charge, you need to be strong, you can't ever ask for help, all of these things that put guys in the man box. So, that all those things is, are what men have to conquer and step beyond to explore pegging. But that's the first assumption always. You know, I thought he was gay. I know. So I recorded a couple of podcasts specifically for those situations. And when I say a couple, one is because many times it goes in the direction that you just said, where it's a guy who does this secretly, or perhaps he comes to his partner and says, hey, I think I'm interested in this. And then all those uh, fears and misconceptions come up from the part of the female partner. But sometimes it's the opposite direction, and females find out about this. I like to call them givers and receivers because of the mm. breakdown of gender binary in our in our society these days. But sometimes the givers find out first they would like to do this with a receiver. So I also have recorded a podcast for the gentleman is what I call it. There's one for the ladies and one for the gentleman. Mm. And it's a fabulous thing to listen to if it's at that point where you've just introduced the topic and you really want to – reassure your partner of all of these things. And it, it doesn't try and convince. It offers accurate information so that the couples can talk about it. So let me ask you this, because listeners are going to say, okay, if it's not gay, why would a straight man want to be pegged? Oh, my God, because there's so much pleasure, it'll blow your mind. Women have a G-spot, right? Mm-hmm. So there are a ton of similarities between G-spot and prostate. It'll, it will really just blow your mind. From the fetal tissue before it differentiates gender wise is the same tissue that becomes the prostate becomes the uh, G spot. And women have always thought to kind of own the territory, if you will, 
of multiple orgasms, full body orgasms. Uh, and it's absolutely possible for men to have those as well with prostate stimulation. And this is usually the sentence that I bring out that, that hopefully will help to convince men to try this out. It's men who have experienced an orgasm by simultaneous stimulation of prostate and penile stimulation. They reach an orgasm through this method, right? Mm -hmm. They describe their orgasm as roughly 10 times as powerful as a normal orgasm. Wow. And I've tested this theory by going on Reddit, Reddit sex subreddit, right? And asking this question. And yes, they pretty much all say, yeah, about 10 times or even more. So it's really an intense form of pleasure. And yes, you can also, you can get uh, multiple orgasms potentially or full body orgasms potentially, just like some women can get those through G-spot and some can't. But also, it's not just pleasure. So, I mean, I can keep going here and I'm going to just for a moment yeah, go ahead. because prostate health, absolutely. Prostate health is huge. When men get to uh, 50 years old, they have to uh, start thinking about prostate health. And that's when they start doing the checks at the doctor. Mm -hmm. And BPH, which is benign prostatic hyperplasia, short word for that is swollen prostate. It's practically epidemic in this country. And it's been shown that prostate massage will help this. Mm. A small company that makes this wonderful solo prostate massage toy, the name of the company is Eneros. When they were first coming to the United States, they started this company and they called, they have a, um, website to this day called highisland.com. I don't know why they named it that. And there is a published study in a journal of urology using these solo use prostate massage devices. And over 90 some percent of the subjects in the test had a, a very dramatic reduction in symptomatology of swollen prostate and some had it go away completely. Wow. So as you know, you know, medical studies are really expensive, so it didn't progress to that. But prostate massage is excellent for your prostate. And, you know, pegging is a form of prostate massage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I've also heard of it as a prostate orgasm, right? So that's really what you're saying. The prostate gets stimulated and it makes the, what I just heard you say is the orgasm 10 times better. Yes. And you can actually, well, some prostate owners can orgasm just from prostate stimulation. They call that hands-free orgasm. Mm. Right, right. I've heard that too. All right. So um, then how do you help the women? Because a lot of the men that come to see me that enjoy it, I uh, feel afraid to tell their girlfriends or female partners because they don't want to be shamed. And they feel they'll be shamed. That's why, you know, that's exactly why I made this podcast. And what it does is it takes you through all the misconceptions and the, it's not just he's gay. Uh, many times they have misconceptions like oh, you want to do that pegging thing? And if they've watched any kind of pegging porn, pegging porn is completely overrepresented by um, a woman dressed up as a dominatrix usually. Mm. Uh, the guy is uh, oftentimes in bondage, or but he's definitely feminized. He's wearing women's clothing. Mm. He's acting like it hurts. And she is often, almost always, uh, verbally humiliating him and, de and degrading him. So... Why wouldn't you assume that these things go hand in hand with pegging? Mm -hmm. And none of those kinks are bad things. If that's what you love, then rock on. But this 
podcast, when you listen to it, gives you an opportunity to have that conversation with your spouse about, so do you want to dress up like a woman? Because these are many of the fears that go along with it. You know, I think what they've done in porn, I'll bet, is sort of eroticized. And and so, like, if he's doing this, uh, he's got to be feminized and it's got to be BDSM. So he's forced into it. He can't just want it. He can't be begging for it. There's something not straight about him. I don't know. That's what I think is probably part of the reason. I don't know what you think. Well, I went to a, a women's, um, what was it called? It was a summit uh, and it was a, a feminist uh, pornography type of uh, discussion happening. Mm. It was at UCSB here in California. Tristan Terramino was there. Oh, uh, love Jesus her. Lee, a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe it was Tristan Terramino who said, you know, they don't take a survey to the, you know, these porn producers to find out what we really want to see. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is true. She's so yeah, smart, Tristan Tiramino. So, yeah. So sometimes when people say, well, I really want to tell my girlfriend or my wife that I want to explore this and I think I'll just show her some porn. I'm like, oh, God, no, 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 no. <laughs> now, let me ask you this because, you know, um, Justin Miller. do you know his work? Tell me what you want, his book. Yes. So he did a study and he found in his study, that big study, that 60% of the women in the study enjoyed or wanted to do pegging. Have you ever heard of that? I have not heard that figure yeah, before. I was shocked. It doesn't really surprise me all that much because there's a lot of different reasons to want to do it. So let's say, yeah, here. Me, myself, I want to do it because it's a thrill for me. It's erotic thrill. I would describe myself as a dominant sensual sadist because I'm in BDSM as well. However, there's a whole lot of women out there who really enjoy being the submissive partner, being the receiver more, and not doing it the way I do it. And that's the thing. There's so many different ways to do pegging. It really, truly can just be one more way to make love. It can be very sensual. It can be very soft. So those women would want to do it just because it's something that gives their partner so much pleasure. And what does it give them um, for to do it? Because one time I, I had a client, they were struggling around this. And I, I, I said to her, you know, because as therapists, we help couples differentiate around money, around children, around religion, but we stop when uh-huh. it comes to sex. And I don't. I'm a sex therapist. And she didn't want to do it. And he wanted her to do it. So that we, they had this conversation. And I said to her, would you be willing to try it just once? You can always stop in the middle of it. You don't have to go through the whole thing. But would you just be willing to see what comes up for you, even if it's just a few minutes or less? And she agreed. And they came back in the next session. I said, how did it go? And she said, oh, my God, I haven't been this aroused since we were first together. I felt (laughs) dominant. I made him my bitch. And he's got a thumbs up and his head swirling around like, yep, she did. And and she realized that only after he, you know, she allowed herself to stretch into what he wanted. Sometimes that has to happen that way, I guess, huh? I think so, yes. And it can go other ways, too, because part of what prevents some women from exploring this is they're kind of suffering from being in their own box. And what I mean by that is they're really invested in these rigid gender definitions. So they're invested in having a man partner who always looks strong, you know, and and this whole thing of, it's funny because you can use the same term. Are you going to respect me in the morning? You know, will he look at me the same way in the morning? You can turn it around gender wise. Will she look at me the same way in the morning? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sometimes women do not want to see their partner that way, so to speak. And what do I mean by that way? Well, a lot of people assume that pegging requires submission. 
It really doesn't. It's a difference between submission and vulnerability. Mm. Vulnerability is, is having the courage to open yourself up and allow another person to do something to you that is completely communicated about, negotiated, and you have boundaries. But you are still opening yourself up, being receptive, and being vulnerable and allowing them to do something. Submission is you do what they want, right? That makes sense. So a lot of people assume that it's submission, and it's not. It's vulnerability. But vulnerability is absolutely um, conflated with weakness, unfortunately, where yes. men are concerned. Yes. And vulnerability is something that a lot of men, a lot of women do not like to see their partners display. This is such a good distinction. And when you talk about vulnerability, I'm wondering if you ever want to get Brene Brown, who does that work on, on vulnerability, to endorse your work, right? Because you're <laughs> helping men become vulnerable. I'm just joking. That's um, a lovely idea. I've it? quoted her. I have linked to her her uh, TED Talk so many times. Yeah, she's awesome. And quoted her work. Really, I have. It, was it hard for you, if you could share this, because you talked about loving pegging, um, to find a partner that embraced your love for it? No, there's a lot of men out there that want this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. And it's, isn't well, it, it was, go ahead. It was like a, a sexual, um, I'm not, I can't even think of the word for it. I, I was coming out of a very non-sexual marriage. I was 50 and it was like a sexual celebration. It was a party because there are so many men out there that want this, that to this day, and I am 62 now, Joe. Oh, wow. I am besieged by men <laughs> who want this. I really am. And they don't do it well. I'm not saying they send me these lovely letters of introduction. They're mostly looking for a woman to peg them. And it's kind of like, you know, there's a woman underneath this strap-on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And would these men be – how would they identify? Straight, gay, bi, fluid, not not identify at all? How do they or how do I? I'm sorry. Oh, them. I'm sorry. How do the men identify? Do they tell you? Um, no, no, most of the time that's not a topic of conversation. Sometimes, uh, I'm on a website, fetlife.com on, uh, the internet. And so they, people usually list their orientation on there. Mm -hmm. Uh, the vast majority of time, the men that I have interacted with, I would, well, okay, percentage wise, about 60%, I think would be heterosexual. Okay. Okay. And I know it's a secret okay. among women, and they talk about it, is that when they're giving men a blowjob, I've heard that women talk about this for years, many years, uh, they'll sometimes surprise them and stick a finger around the anus or inside, and the guy's maybe shocked at first, but then he starts enjoying it. Have you heard of that? Yes, I call that gorilla ass play. That is not cool. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Explain gorilla ass play. <laughs> well, it just means you need consent. Yeah. Now, it's and and it's interesting because we all have our boundaries around where consent is needed and what sort of standard and what you can kind of just sort of do, right? Yeah. I think it's totally fine if you're giving a blowjob to take your finger and and circle around that opening there and there's tons of wonderful pleasure receptors there and it can feel really exquisite. But to stick it in, uh-uh, that's not cool. <laughs> you know, that's so good. And Need permission. Thank you for saying that. I did I wasn't even thinking that way because he was we talking about a man, a man. So he needs to have consent too. It's not just a a woman thing, right? It's men too need to be able to say yes. Always. And the thing is, is that um, when you when you switch roles like this, uh, you find things out. And one of the things you find out is that penetration can be kind of intense. And penetration requires vulnerability. And maybe not every night is a penetration night. That's one of the things that guys find out. Yes, right. That not everything is about penetration either way. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. 
What What else would you want people to know? Like, as um, something that a highlight of pegging that you would want them to take away from this. Well, going on with the whole idea of the role reversal, which is one of the beautiful things that this offers people. Uh, for example, most women don't have a clue what it takes to fuck somebody. It takes strength and endurance and balance and grace and multitasking. It takes multitasking to a degree that women will never truly understand because when we strap one on, it's always hard. We don't have to do that riding the line between having just enough fun to keep it hard, but not too much fun so it ends too quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's basically an athletic event. And when you try fucking someone as a woman, you will have so much more understanding and compassion for your partner. Mm. Their typical role during regular PIV sex or PIA or whatever you guys do. Mm-hmm. And conversely, men discover how important foreplay is, <laughs> how important uh, using lube when you're doing anal is, mm-hmm. and that powerful um, receptivity of being penetrated and, and the intensity of that, that can be a little overwhelming. In fact, the, there is a phenomenon that happens with women in G-spots where sometimes they have an emotional reaction to it, like get emotional, like have an emotional flood, they get teary-eyed. That can also happen with men. And this is one of the things that's not talked about a lot mm. with the whole pegging thing. So I end up reassuring people like, no, you're not broken, guys. <laughs> right. This is okay. And women, you just need to be there and hold space for those emotions, just like a man would if that's what happened to you. But I think that overall, what would I tell people more about pegging? I would say that if you have any inclination to try it, it's one of the most uh, rewarding things that I've found in terms of deepening intimacy. Because when you switch roles like that, what you're doing is you're getting more understanding and compassion for your partner's usual roles, and that deepens intimacy. Mm. I get so many letters about the deepening of intimacy, and it can kind of kickstart a marriage that's been, or a partnership that's been happening for many years. And it can be a a fun thing to explore at any time in a relationship. But so many letters about the deepening of intimacy. I want to just clarify for listeners, PIV sex is penis and vagina, and PIA sex is penis and anus, just because some people might not have known. Um, Thank you. I do acronyms sometimes. I know, so do I. And then I, I always know, people say, what does that mean? So what about, it's not just strap-on sex, right? Don't Isn't there a device for women that they can stick into the vagina and use? Well, you know, this is going back to... Um, what what people get out of it, what men and women get out of it, because I don't think I answered that sufficiently. Because what I, I hear you kind of leaning into is, okay, the guy's getting all this pleasure. What about the woman? Yes. If you have the right equipment, there's all kinds of stimulation that you can get from pegging a guy. Absolutely. There are wonderful pieces of equipment that can give you clitoral stimulation. There's wonderful pieces of equipment that can give you G-spot stimulation. And depending on your level of responsiveness, absolutely, orgasms are possible. So sometimes when men approach their partners with this, uh, they say, well, you know, I don't want to do that because I don't get anything out of it. And Mm. this is a stance that I really don't understand because, I mean, when you're giving a blowjob, you're not getting simultaneous Mm. stimulation Mm. either. There is a certain extent where you, you love doing it because you're giving your partner pleasure. But also, if you want to go down that path of simultaneous stimulation and go for your orgasm as well, 
I can tell you all kinds of equipment that can help you do that, depending on your particular configuration of what turns you on. That's awesome. And yes, I was going in that direction because I do get women that say, well, what's in it for me? And they don't understand that there can be lots of in it. I, li- I like how you explained it. Mm-hmm. It definitely can. And it, what, here's a funny little thing to share is that me, sort of, you know, the expert on pegging, the queen of pegging, whatever. Somebody somebody said you're like the, the fairy godmother of strap-on fucking. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a shame buster. I like both of those names for you. I have not orgasmed while pegging yet. Now, you notice the emphasis I put on that. Yeah, right. right. It's just the way I'm wired, and and I'm fine with it. At the same time, it's a fun little goal to have, you know, because I'm such a giver that when I'm doing that, it's like I am so focused on giving. And this is another thing that women are not used to. Is, is that whole thing of you fuck the person for a little bit and then you, you see how the much they're liking it, what they think of it. And then you change your angle maybe a little bit and you do it again and you go, oh, they like this better. So I'm so focused on that type of thing that I lose focus of my own pleasure. And, you know, don't mistake me. When I'm done, I'm dripping. I'm mm-hmm. way excited. Mm. But at the same time, I have not reached orgasm while pegging. So I have a new toy that I got at Christmas time, and I'm going to try it out this, this month later on. <laughs> so tell us, where, where do people get these toys you're talking about? Oh, my goodness. Well, they're on the Internet, but really briefly, one thing you really need to be careful when you're buying sex toys is you need to make sure they're from a good company and they are body safe and non-toxic. The sex toy industry is, is unregulated. Mm. What does that mean? It means that uh, they're classified as novelties, which technically, in terms of bringing things in from other countries, gives them a classification that allows them to go through customs without having any kind of um, oversight in terms of health effects and stuff like that. So there are a lot of sex toys out there. For example, the $10 dildos you buy on Amazon. Please don't buy those people. They can have chemicals in them that have been banned in children's toys and pet toys. Mm. And they can also be porous and harbor bacteria that can you know, continually give you U- UTIs or things like that. But beyond that, we have been raised in this country to think of labels as Bibles. It's like, that's true. Of course, I read it on the label, right? Don't do that with sex toys because they can put 100% silicone, which is what you want, on the label, and it can be completely a lie, and there's no repercussions whatsoever. Wow. So I know it can get really kind of wild trying to find the right sex toys. So I teach three webinars. One is for beginning pegging and it gives you all of the basic stuff the second one literally is an hour and a half about equipment and you end up with an email that gives you links to all the different equipment that is the best stuff that is safe for the all the varied types of things that you want because there's so many different toys it's like a disneyland of toys out Mm. there (laughs) yes I love it. This is so helpful for people because they don't know where to go and they don't know what books to read. And um, now they go to where, how can they find your stuff on your, on your website? Yes, I have two websites that you mentioned in the beginning. Thank you. One of them, Pegging Paradise is the one I've had the longest. Now be forewarned at peggingparadise.com that I do kind of let my freak flag fly a little bit because I am into BDSM. Mm -hmm. I talk about beating men and all kinds of different things. Mm -hmm. So I know that there's a whole bunch of people out there 
who have an interest in exploring pegging, but that's just not their thing. Mm -hmm. So that's when I started pegging101.com. All of the informational articles are there with no kink attached. So the the more vanilla, if you will, uh, people can go there and check out pegging, get all the information. There's frequently asked questions. There's a whole list of things to read if you're brand new at this. You are such an educator, and you, you've edu- educated me in just this little half hour, and it makes me want to listen to all 255 of your podcasts because you're, <laughs> it makes sense because we've been waiting to ask you, how can you make 255? But now I get it. There's so many different angles to each one of these areas. There are. There really, really are, and there's so many – I don't know. The, the more that I've, I have dove in, the more that I find mm. – and then I am, you know, specializing. This last podcast that I did was all about cross-dressing, and sometimes it intersects with pegging, and sometimes it doesn't. But there, it's it just keeps going. That's all I can say. It does, <laughs> it just, and now I get yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And I hope the the listeners get it. And I like that you you've separated it out from BDSM. It can be about BDSM. It doesn't have to be about BDSM. It can be vanilla sex with pegging. Pegging might be kinky, but you can do it in a vanilla way, right? Absolutely. And that's one of the misconceptions that I go over on my podcast for the ladies and for the gentlemen. And that is one of the more common ones is that it has to be that way. Yeah. And I, I blame that on porn. I really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. It's very, very true. All right. So um, we have to wrap up. Where can people find you at the end? You said Paradise 101. Peggingparadise.com, mm-hmm. pegging101.com. And I have um, a Facebook page. I have a MeWe page, which is a new social platform. I'm on FetLife as Ruby underscore Ryder, and Ryder is spelled R-Y-D-E-R. Okay. And on Pegging Paradise are links to all kinds of things, links to my upcoming webinars, links to my erotica, and I have a Patreon page as well. That's one of the things that helps keep this going. There are a number of people who are so thankful that I have helped bring this into their lives that they just want to give me my $5 a month and try and help other people to do it as well. Wow. So I do have a Patreon page as well, and all of those links are on my website. Thank you so much, Ruby. I knew this would be a good episode, and I think it's even better than I would have anticipated. Thank you so much. <laughs> I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. It's my passion, so thank you. Yeah, it shows. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Smart Sex, Smart Love. I'm Dr. Joe Court, and you can find me on joecourt.com. That's J-O-E-K-O-R-T.com. See you next time.